everybody. Whoa, coming in hot. Welcome, welcome. So uh, as we, before we get into the sermon today, I got a couple of things. So lots going on at Redemption City Church right now. I don't know if you've heard, okay. But in your seats, we're talking about this a couple times today, uh, but in your seats, there's kind of a schedule for, you know, so December, so today and next week, which, so today's December the 3rd. Okay, next week, December 10th, we'll have two services like always. December 17th, we're just going to have one service at 1030. The, you know, I keep calling it a celebration service, which is like what old people probably think about it as, but it's, so we're going to remember what God has done here at the YMCA. We're going to remember what God has done at Redemption City Church. It's going to be a great day, okay? Me and Amy are excited, okay? So really, really, I can't encourage you enough to not miss uh, that service, okay? And then December 24th, our first Christmas Eve service right here at the Benport YMCA. We'll have a candlelight service. It'll be a lot of fun. And so I uh, highly recommend that you wear green and or red that day. Okay, we'll have like the photo booth set up, all that kind of stuff. Family service, all the kids, everybody being here together. Uh, you know, maybe don't give your smallest child a candle, but follow your heart. Parents, do what you want to do. Okay, and then December 31st, pray at your house. We're not, we're not going to be here. And before I get into the, ser- uh, the, the sermon today, so I, I recently read an autobiography of a guy who grew up in kind of a church like mine, great Bible-believing church. Um, and so this word is kind of for parents, as I've just been reading that the past couple of weeks. So the message that was communicated to me growing up is, at church, wear your church clothes. At church, behave. At church, you don't show them who you really are. That's what this guy experienced in his autobiography. too. So I just want to tell you, parents and kids, be yourself here. You, you can be your most self. You can most be yourself at church. That's who we are. So earlier when Amy says, come as you are, that's actually who we are. Like, so if your kid screams in church, all kids scream. Like, it's actually fine. Like, if your kid hits another kid, like, kids hit other kids. Like, it's, it's actually, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get on the solution side and everything, but it's fine. <laughs> It really is. And so what we want to communicate, especially under Courtney Fox's leadership, who is the best of the best, okay? But yeah, yeah, yeah. What we want to communicate to the kids is you can be yourself here. And we can, we can grow and we can... So anyway, so we don't put on church clothes and act differently necessarily at church, but you can be your true self here, okay? So, okay, today I want to talk about having a Christian Christmas, okay? Uh, on the radio or on whatever you kids listen to, these on the radio, uh, all around in stores, the world is playing songs that proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Like you'll be out and about in a store and like it's about Jesus being the hope of the world. And like the next song is All I Want for Christmas is You and the Jingle Bell Rock. And it's like kind of confusing about, so I, I fear sometimes that the world's messaging has kind of gotten mixed up with the message of Christmas, which is like our thing. And so that the, that the Christmas message is kind of curtailed now into like, be good enough or you're going to get coal kind of thing, right? And so uh, that's not, you know, so what I want to help us do today is really kind of untangle a little bit of the world's message of Christmas, which is all good. Okay, I'm, I'm, I showed up today wearing a, a, a Christmas necklace of lights. I'm a big Christmas guy. Okay, that's all great. Okay, but this thing, so we are engulfed, we are inundated with mixed messages about Christmas. Christmas is all about family. So spend December shopping and cooking and decorating. Okay, okay. So Christmas is all about giving. So we consume more calories and spend more money than any other month. So it's like, wait, wait a second. So I actually Googled what is Christmas all about this week, and it 
It was very interesting. There was mention of it being a Christian festival, but most of it was like about the magic of Christmas and stuff like that, right? So, but I'm just coming up with this right now, but Jesus is the reason, top of the dome, for the season. Okay, wow. Thank you, Adrian. So as we begin this season, what I want us to do today is pause and think and consider about our Christmas season, both corporately and as families and individuals. I noticed this January how many Christians told me how tired they were, how exhausted we were from the Christmas season. Uh, So let's go into the season thoughtfully, right? Christmas should like fill us up as we consider what Jesus has done for us. He's the hope of the world. He came as a baby to to, to go and die in our place and be buried and rise again. It should fill us up. But maybe it's possible. It's on the table that it's become a season of doing and busyness instead of a season of placing our faith in Jesus anew. So, y'all, God loves you so much that he has given us this season to remember who he is and what he's done for you, that he stood in your place. He took your sin onto himself. He's perfect. And he took your junk onto himself, died, and rose again. And now we get to live in peace, real peace, real victory. I recommend this year that we have a Christian Christmas, okay? That, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying like return the toys, okay? You know, get up and just read Luke 2 and that's all your kids get on Christmas morning. Okay, I'm not saying to throw out the tree and not look at Christmas lights. My family, we're going to look at Christmas lights again. We've already been to the Weatherford one. It's pretty good. Okay, tonight we're going to Hazlitt, I think. Anyway, it's going to be great. So I'm, each year as I age, I feel my inner Clark Griswold coming out. Like I when I put out our Christmas lights, I did put out Christmas lights this year. I did like the joy to the, like the whole thing. Do you, do young people get that reference? Surely you've seen top five for sure. So what I want us to consider this morning is enjoying being a, Christmas, a Christian this Christmas, like enjoying receiving what God is giving us, enjoying that extra time off, enjoying the life and the peace that he's offering you. Christmas is about giving, right? It's about God the Father giving us, God the Son. Look at John 3, 16, and 17. I should have already told you to, to go there, but you know at least part of the first one, so you got time. John 3, 16, and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son on Christmas morning that whoever believes in Jesus is not going to perish but have eternal, everlasting life. God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but in order that w- the world might be saved through him. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Why did God the Father send Jesus the Son into the world? One word, love. That's it. Sometimes I think that we get so busy that we forget that simple, great, life-giving message that God loves you so much that he went to this great extent to send his Son and save us. God chose you because he wants you, not because he needs you. So the first way that we're going to talk about having a Christian Christmas is enjoy the gift of Christmas, which is Jesus. Who is Jesus? You know, Christmas is Jesus' birthday, but instead of us bringing gifts to him, he's the gift. Okay, he's the gift of Christmas. So what would that look like for you? This season, for your family this season, to really focus on enjoying uh, Christmas. Uh, You know, it's really the difference between taking a Sabbath and receiving a Sabbath. So y'all know, if, if y'all have heard me preach really at all, I'll talk about, I, I practice a weekly Sabbath, a 24-hour period where I rest in Christ. When I first started doing that, I was taking a Sabbath. 
You know, like I was taking time for myself. That's how it felt. But then I realized a few years in, I'm really receiving a gift from God. I'm receiving the Sabbath. You know, the, the Sabbath, one of the main ideas is you work for six days and God pays you like, like you work for seven. So I just receive the gift from God. So that's what we're talking about this Christmas. So, you know, most of the changes that we need to make in our lives are simple, small, consistent obedience, I think. So this week, trade an hour of Instagram scrolling or TV for an hour, reading the Word and sitting in stillness right? Instead of going to your ninth Christmas party, like, stay at home and enjoy a slow night and trade working 60 hours the week before Christmas to working like 45 hours or even taking the week off, as, as crazy as that might sound. Uh, my grandma Cammie, I've told this story once before, my grandma Cammie, every year growing up, every year without exception for Christmas gave me socks and underwear, Every year, as a little kid, seven, eight, nine years old, like I'm trying to get mad in 96, Grandma. I'm not trying to get socks and underwear. Okay, I can get that another time. Sometimes somebody gives you a gift and you're like, they don't know me at all. They don't know. One year, somebody gave me a bunch of hunting gear for Christmas, which I'm from Mississippi, but I'm not that guy. Okay, I don't get what you, I've done it. I've done it. I just don't get what you're doing out there. Why? They sell food in stores. I don't know what we're doing out there for so long. The only thing I'm hunting is a deal at the mall. Okay, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not that guy, but God knows you better than anybody else. He knows your secret desires. He knows what's really in your heart. He knows everything about you. And what he sent you for Christmas 2,000 years ago was himself. He sent you Jesus. He's the first and the last. He's eternal, almighty, magnificent. He's the architect of the universe. He's righteous, holy, pure. He is love. He was dead and yet brings us life. He's risen and alive, and he wants you this morning. He chose you. You're his child forever and always. He's a father to the fatherless. He's the protector of widows. He redeems the rebels. He's the savior of the lost. He's the healer to the hurting. He's the King of kings, Lord of lords. His spirit is among us at this very moment. And he wants you to pause and remember all that. You know, there's something about, like, every week when we worship, there's something that by the end of it, I find myself here. Psalm 3, David says, God, you're the lifter of my head. So this Christmas, take time for God to lift your head. Instead of just going, 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 shopping, doing, decorate all this stuff, that's all great. But take time to pause and remember, oh, yeah. You sent yourself for me in my place. You ever wonder why Christmas is so special? We got a lot of holidays, you know, uh, and it feels like now every day is like National Sibling Day or National like Get Ice Cream Day, all that kind of, it's like every day is a holiday, it feels like. But like even, why is Christmas so different than Halloween and Valentine's Day? Like romantic love is kind of a big deal, okay? Like it's a pretty popular notion across the world, okay? So why isn't there a whole month of songs on Valentine's Day? Why is Christmas so different? I think it's because we really understand. Christmas is supernatural. We kind of get it across the globe. Our society is starving deep down for something beyond the natural. And Christmas taps into that kind of hidden desire in the human soul. Christmas captivates the world because it's a true story of God entering our realm. And in a world searching everywhere for meaning and purpose, he came to save. He came selflessly to love and to heal and restore. I don't know if your picture of God, A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. 
So, you know, I, I can guarantee you the picture of God this morning that's true and real in our lives that right now, no matter what you did yesterday or 10 years ago or who you are, his, he's like this right now. Welcome home. That's why we say that because that's really a message from God. He accepts you. He loves you. He wants you. But oftentimes when we picture God, we picture kind of furrowed brow, angry about something, right? It almost kind of, doesn't it kind of feel like sometimes that he's like got a list? And even like when you ask him for something, he checks it a couple of times, trying to figure out whether or not he should grant your request. That's not the message of Christmas, okay? Uh, Christmas isn't about earning your gifts. John three seventeen that we just read said, God did not send his son into the world on Christmas morning to condemn the world. We were already condemned. We took care of that on our own. It says that God the Father sent Jesus that the world might be saved through him. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You know, every person you meet is amazing, and every person you meet is a mess, okay? We all know that we've sinned and messed up along the way, as Jonathan even read earlier. But God doesn't just want to make you better. He wants to make you new. And if you're in him, he hasn't just invited you to be a better version of yourself. He's invited you to be new altogether. And he does that work. John three sixteen, a verse that we all know well, says that God so loved the world. Everybody without exception. He loves, and you need to look no further than who visited him, you know, when he was born than who he accepts and loves. Okay, so those who came to see baby Jesus, it wasn't a bunch of religious elites who, like the angels, recruited the most religious, best people in the world to come and welcome Jesus in. No, okay, it wasn't a bunch of squeaky clean people without a past. Okay, Jesus' first worshipers were a bunch of roughneck shepherds and a bunch of pagan sorcerers. Okay, yeah, so the three kings probably weren't three kings. Okay, they were probably sorcerers from Persia, okay? In fact, a lot of the Christmas carols are a little bit off in the details. Uh, I love Silent Night. All is calm, all is bright. The night a, a baby was born. I've been at three births. All was not calm. All was not bright, okay? Or I love, I got this one on the screen for you. How about Away in a Manger? Uh, the cattle are lowing. That means mooing. Okay, the cattle are lowing. The baby awakes when the cattle are lowing, but little Lord Jesus, he's the Messiah. He didn't even cry. He No crying he makes. Okay, Messiah or not, uh, if, a, if a baby is awakened by a cow lowing, the baby's going to scream, okay? So while Christmas carols might romanticize the reality of that evening, the Christmas story is as good as you hope. Jesus is as good as you hope. He became man to be your ultimate rest in Matthew 11. Jesus himself said, come to me, invitation for all of us and everybody you'll meet this week. Come to me, those who labor, you're heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. That's the message of Christmas. You don't have to earn God's love. Jesus' present is free. You know, you don't have to prove yourself. Uh, in Christ, you have the absolute approval of the only one whose opinion really matters, and he loves you and he approves of you because of his work, not because of your work. You don't have to bear the weight of the world on your shoulders. Whether you're climbing a corporate ladder or climbing uh, stairs covered with Legos, wherever you are in life, Jesus loves you, and he's offering you rest at the soul level this Christmas season. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the hope of the world. So this year, Instead of keeping up appearances, you know, and having the perfect Christmas, whatever that means, take some time off. The second way that we can enjoy a, Christmas, a Christian Christmas is to enjoy instead of impress. Enjoy 
instead of take some time to stop and smell the roses, mom, or stop and smell the garland, okay? Uh, Dad, you're serving everybody. You're going, going, going. Take some time to receive, right? Enjoy his gifts instead of going, going, going all Christmas long. So what you hope for ends up shaping what you live for, right? So where are you sourcing your hope? For what are you living? I don't know if you watched Mr. Rogers growing up. Uh, I did a little bit, okay, but as an adult, he's kind of become one of my heroes. I don't know if you know much of his story. There's all these documentaries really great about him now, where he was like a Presbyterian minister, and he felt that there needed to be more like, like good influences on television, so he was the change. He just like went out there and figured out how to get on TV and shaped really a generation or two. And he said, I'm very concerned that our society is much more concerned with information than wonder and noise rather than silence. How do we encourage reflection? Oh my, this is a noisy world. It would actually make sense to me if Christmas was the least noisy season. Right, like we, ha- we all probably get a couple of days extra off in the Christmas season, like there are less demands on our schedule, because most people assume you'll be with your family a little bit. So again, what does this look like for you? How can you create some white space and enjoy some downtime during the Christmas season? One way is to be still and remember God, our third application point for the day. That's from Psalm 46, uh, 10. Don't let this part heap guilt on you, okay? Like don't like feel super bad because I'm not encouraging you to have a monk-like Christmas where you just sit quietly by a candle. Okay, that's not it. But maybe, again, replace some kind of media with a nice walk and talk, you know? Uh, for me, it becomes watch less football and throw the football more with my son Cole and hit the volleyball, I'm learning, hit the volleyball with my daughter Taylor and play the balloon game with my son Judah. The balloon game's a banger. I'll teach you sometime. We made it up. But it's Watch less football and throw the football. And we actually just did a whole sermon series called Enjoying God about really, and we got really, really practical about what it looks like to enjoy God. Like, how do you enjoy time in the Word? How do you enjoy praying? How do you enjoy a Sabbath? Things like that. So you can go back and look. It's on the internet, www.internet.com. You can go, and it's on our podcast thing. Okay, so Enjoying God was that series. So if, so if you don't really know the next step, so I say, be still and know that He's God. You're like, what do I do with my hands? What's next there? Go to that series, and we love getting coffee with people and talking about it. That's like my favorite thing. So please uh, let us kind of show you the way. So the way that we want to close the service today, Pastor G, if you'd come on up. We're going to take a lot of time for this. Um, It's to pray for each other, okay? So the fourth way you can have a Christian Christmas is share your burdens instead of just kind of bearing them all by yourself. Galatians 6.2 says to bear each other's burdens. He's given us each other. Okay, so, you know, not for everyone, but for some of us, I would venture to say most of us, the holidays can really bring some tough moments. There's aspects or uh, personality types or <laughs> dynamics in your family that you're not exactly looking forward to this Christmas season. Some of us are expecting what Elvis called a blue Christmas. Okay, so in a moment, not yet, we'll have prayer partners up here and in the back to pray for you. And, you, you know, confidential, of course, you can trust them. Because this may be your first Christmas without that loved one. Like your first Christmas without granddad or whoever, you know, a friend. And we want to pray with each other. Uh, this, maybe you thought you'd be a mom or dad by this Christmas. Maybe, you know, you're afraid you might be alone this Christmas or parts of this Christmas. Maybe you moved away from home and this is your first kind of Christmas season. You're going to miss some things that you've always been there for, you know, 
in this season of sentimentality, it can kind of come across sometimes like everybody else is inside this perfect little snow globe, and I'm on the outside looking in, right? That they all have this perfect Christmas, ah, and I'm missing it, or I'm... So this is what makes Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, so impactful. It's permission to say, all is not as it should be, but even so, I trust you, Jesus. Even so. So prayer partners, if you would come on down and be available in the back. We're going to let this time really be whatever it needs to be. So Jeff, Pastor Jeffrey is going to play for a while, and then he's going to sing. I encourage, I mean, if you want to sing with him, that's fine. Uh, but let him kind of sing over you in a few minutes. Um, so your options are, so even now, just kind of making your seat into an altar, you can just pray you and God. We're going to give you plenty of time to do that. Or if you want to seek out one of the prayer partners, feel free to do that as well. So I'll be, let me pray for you. And then we'll pray as a, as a family here. God, thanks for sending Jesus. Thanks for Christmas that we just remember how good you are, how much you love us. And so, God, now I pray that we would have, take a little initiative and have the courage to let our brothers and sisters in Christ bear our burdens. Bless, heal, restore. In Jesus' name, amen.